Welcome to the E6 Podcast. The E6 Podcast is a place for candid conversations from Colonial Church, where we will dive deeper into what our church community is learning, what's going on in the world, and how it all applies to our lives as Christ followers. All right, everybody, welcome to the E6 Podcast, a Colonial Church Podcast. This is episode three, the big three. We have made it this far. Um, my name is Brooke James. I'm one of the pastors here at Colonial. I got a couple of people with me today. Go for it. Yes, Lauren Jones, another one of the pastors here at Colonial Church, uh, was able to be on our first two episodes. That's right. We have, uh, in in lieu of our worship pastor, Tanner, who is helping host this week to week. Where's Tanner right now? He's not here. He got fired from the podcast. He, he did fired. two episodes, and we called it quits from there. Don't start that rumor. <laughs> No, he's on vacation with his family up in the Rocky Mountains. I'm, right. I'm living vicariously through him right now. But in his stead, we kicked it up a notch, ladies and gentlemen, our spiritual formation pastor, <laughs> the one, the only, Jordan White. And you guys can't see this, but he's shaking his head at us the whole time right now. He's so <laughs> thrilled did, to be here. How did here. I get roped into this? <laughs> Look, folks, if you'll lower your expectations of me, you won't be disappointed. Just, just saying. <laughs> I have been told you have a great face for podcasts and so I have a beautiful face for podcasts <laughs> you know what I did not know until we were talking earlier for all of you football fans out there uh, Jordan played linebacker at Mississippi State University in the SEC uh, some people claim that to be a fairly strong football conference Mississippi State's pretty good right Mississippi State is like the program outside of Alabama I think Mississippi State has one of the most rich aren't histories. they the aren't they the like the like yellow and purple ones Y'all Yellow. better be glad that y'all told me to watch my language <laughs> on this thing. No, in all seriousness, playoffs, the NFL playoffs were yesterday. Tom Brady versus Drew Brees, and I did not know this. Tom Brady plays for Tampa Bay Buccaneers. His offensive, excuse me, his play caller right now in the NFL is the same dude, Bruce Arians, is that his name? That yeah, was at Bruce, Mississippi State. Bruce was there. He was the offensive coordinator for a little bit at Mississippi State. That's pretty cool. Yeah. What do you have to say about <laughs> your experience with Bruce yeah. Arians, offensive coordinator at Mississippi State back in the day? Well, it, well, I don't know if we have enough time for me to go into no comment. That's it? Oh. That's all you got? It's no comment? That's it. Is that is that back to what Grandma told you, that if you can't say something nice? Mama said, if you can't say nothing <laughs> nice, keep your trap shut. Well, okay. All right, all right. Well, Jordan, we're glad to have you here. Um, I'm, I'm sure that there are people out there that will also be glad to hear from you as well and uh, get a break from from some of us that are, are regularly all the th- on the third time. Uh, you mean more, on here you mean more redneck, less well-spoken? I did not say that. I walked into Academy this morning, <laughs> and apparently the way I'm dressed, they said, Sir, our truck did not come in. We did not get the ammo order today. And I'm like, what are you? I'm here for socks. <laughs> Just need some socks. Well, no, we are good. We're, we're glad that you're here. Um, it's, uh, it, it's a nice, it's, it's, it's always good. And one of the points of the, of the, of the podcast is that we want to be able to have conversations, have them from different perspectives. Um, and so if it's just, you know, me and Lauren and Tanner, uh, all the time, then we end up with, you know, relatively the same perspectives on, on a general basis. So it's good to have you here. And, and I would say, you know, one of the questions that, uh, that we, that we get, um, after you speak on the weekends, cause you just talked, um, what was it? Two weekends ago, um, you you spoke on the weekend, and one of the things that we hear frequently after that is, "Man, how come how, how come Jordan doesn't speak more?" Yeah, people 
come to me a lot, which I'm reading into. Why <laughs> why isn't Jordan preaching more? Uh, in all seriousness, we we laugh about that because we do get that question. Uh, Jordan, I'm going to start with you. Why don't you preach more, sir? I'm putting you on the spot. Because I don't want to. <laughs> Is it that simple? And just for you listeners out there, all five of you probably. Are we up to five? Are we up to five? I think we got like six, maybe. Yeah. I went on there and tried to like it like a bunch of times. <laughs> I opened up, I opened it in, in like every podcast <laughs> oh, app yeah. I could find, and I'm like, hey, there's at least eight now I did from too. me. How I many five-star reviews are we allowed to give? Oh, I, I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Anyway, back to the question, Jordan. Yeah, so uh, Pastor Lauren and I, uh, we do a primarily do the teaching here and it's uh you know mostly him it's not something that I really want to do as much as he does so if you're ever sitting out there thinking oh well is pastor Jordan not allowed to do this it's not that I'm not allowed to it's you know it's it's primarily pastor Lauren's responsibility and I get to come in and chime in and be a different voice and you know if you were hearing from me more regularly you would probably get tired of me so I like to keep my involvement limited so I can wow you with <laughs> so right. I can wow you. I mean, you. I just you know that if if I only talk like five times a year, I can really. <laughs> but if I'd run out of stuff to say, well, and Lauren, you say this pretty much every time he speaks. I feel like at least at least you know when we have conversations that having Jordan speak is a good change of pace or or just it, it, you know you guys have different styles. So yes. Yeah, that's we talked about that even back in the search process before we even knew who Jordan was and when we made the big hire what almost 2 years ago. We wanted to purposely bring in somebody with a different voice. Uh obviously theologically in the same camp on you know on the essentials in full agreement, but with just a different perspective. And so I love the change of pace, if you want to call it that, the different style. Uh we went to two different seminaries. We have had different life experiences, uh, and yet um, a lot in common too. So I'm still a, I'm a Christian. Pastor Lauren's still searching. You know, there are some <laughs> still trying to figure it out. A, Someday hey, I, I do I do have a question. You know you you've been people have said. Let's see what's the best way to say this. People have said you're more easy listening, <laughs> but I'm curious as to what you would say or maybe what some others have said to you about what oh my, i see yeah like yeah. different radio stations i have been claimed uh, i have been called easy listening i'm not sure i think i like that mostly but so what would you say i you're not quite npr like I'm, you're somewhere i hope I'm somewhere not. a little bit above really, npr and the level of <laughs> calmness well, jordan that's a great question i mean the 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 quick easy answer is you're clearly country and western um but i don't know if that's fair because that's just about an occasional word choice or some sweet colloquialisms, you know. Um, golly, I don't know, Brooke. What do you think? Is there is there a is did there I, a box I, we could put did that I in? Just stump you stumped Lauren. Him. Does Lauren Jones have only nothing us, to say? It only took us three episodes. <laughs> Wait, what do you say already? What do you say, Jordan? <laughs> no, nothing. Not a thing. All right, so uh, <laughs> I don't know. You got you got you got a radio station for him. I'm gonna have to think on that. I okay. will. All right, maybe we can come back to that. All right, so um, we are here on a podcast. This is episode three. Lauren, anything else you want to tell us? Why are we here? What are we doing? I am excited about the continued uh, development, evolution of our podcast. This is our, our third episode. I'm looking forward to what we think about this in a few months, but I really like how we started. 
I like that we are trying to dig a little deeper in conversation on our previous Sunday morning teaching. Uh, maybe something that wasn't said that needs to be added. Maybe there's a question or three that have been asked that we can clarify things. I really am excited about having different voices, as you've already alluded mm -hmm. to, mm -hmm. um, special guests from time to time. And then on top of all that, I just, we really want to teach our church over time how to have substantive conversations. I think that's the heart behind Brooke, Tanner, myself, our other pastors like Jordan, Ron, our elders. We don't want to just provide information. Uh, you could even speak to this, Jordan, in our, our groups mentality. We really want to see people in our larger church in smaller groups, but it's not because we want content poured over their heads. It's not because we want teachers in every group. We really want conversations facilitated, discussion happening. And if the podcast is just one small way we can model that, two, three, four people actually having some give and take and even disagreement or misunderstandings or clarifications of things, I think that's really, really good. Well, we've, we've lost the art of being able to have a good, healthy balance of grace and truth, a, a filled conversation in that manner, uh, I believe. Uh, and we really need to focus on that because people are not hungering for more knowledge. They're, they're, they're not. We have access to so much knowledge and information. It's we need to help people learn how to have good conversations and move to a place of speaking with wisdom where you're taking the knowledge that you have and you're putting it into practice because of your learned experience and do that in a Christ-like, grace-filled, balanced-with-truth mentality so we can have those good, hard discussions and conversations. Mm, agree. And as we've said before, we are not the ultimate answer for any of these questions. We are just here to facilitate more conversation and attempt to uh, attempt to answer some of the questions and really just to have, have some more conversation around them. So um, we are 21 days, our, our first 21 days, well, not the first 21 days, the we started on the 3rd of, of January, and, and we are now, uh, today is the 16th day of our 21 days. How are we doing? Jordan, we haven't talked to you about this. How are you doing with the 21 days? I know we've experienced it in some different ways uh, from, from me and Lauren and Tanner as we've, as we've talked about this over the weeks, but how's, how's the 21 days going for you? Yeah, the 21 days has been very helpful uh, to me as a, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to make much of this, but I, I feel like I'm a, a pretty disciplined person. Uh, where I have high-level responsibility, I, I, I keep good notes on things. So it's not hard for me to say, hey, for 21 days, I'm going to focus on some stuff and be committed to that. Um, my wife and I were already doing, help me, Brooke, because I think you're doing it too, the, is it intermittent? It, it, inter, no, now it, I can't it, say it, intermittent. Intermittent, yeah, I, I can't say it either. <laughs> yeah, but that's because I'm a redneck. <laughs> so we're doing that fast, um, and we were doing that before as, yeah. as kind of a health discipline. But then we started to identify in, in our daughter, our 14-year-old Hannah, she was like, so mom, dad, what are y'all doing for your fast? And I got to thinking about it, and I just decided to, to get off social media. Yeah. And I will tell you, it, it has really, really helped my attitude, my focus, my mentality to take a break from that. 
I try to use social media to promote Jesus and to make fun of my kids. Um, but there are times when I see comments and things like that that, you know, get in your head and you start sure. thinking and you get frustrated. And so it's been it's been a good break for me to be able to step away from that for a specific focused time frame and to say, hey, how can I seek God's direction, pray for our church, pray for what we're going after as a faith family and and really just sit with the Lord in that regard. And what a amazing time to have chosen to do that. Yeah, you know... Uh, Why, are, are things going on in the world? No, yes. I haven't seen... Everything's any, calm. I haven't seen anything. I'm not getting any news from... You know, I'm <laughs> no news. Social, what a time to start a media. podcast, frankly. I know, for real. Like, yeah. if we're going to be real and talk about things... Uh, you know, that's, that's one of the things that I love about this podcast. I meant to say this a minute ago, but Brooke, you alluded to it. This podcast is great, in my opinion, because as we try to teach people how to have good interaction with each other, the goal is to keep the conversation going. Mm. And and that's I in listening to the, the first couple of these, that's what excites me is yeah. we get to continue to have the conversation. Well, and that's such a different goal to continue the conversation, even if we don't agree, even if we have different perspectives. It's a different goal than what we tend to have when we're on social media, where you have a short little window of opportunity, and it, it at least at least often it feels like the goal is to shut down the conversation because here is the statement that I want to make, and there is nothing else beyond that because this is the statement I wanted to make, right? Yeah, but what have you accomplished? And you, I, I think about conversations with my wife. You know, if I get louder and I quote unquote win the argument, hmm. um, what have I done to my relationship with my wife? It's not good. <laughs> well, I know for me, this uh, the the last maybe the weekend leading up to this final week of the fast has probably been the most difficult for me because I've, I've just felt myself like getting getting to a point where I'm I'm annoyed with it in certain ways or uh, it's just been okay I have to remind myself I'm doing this for this reason I'm not just checking a box I'm not just trying to accomplish this task that we set out beforehand but okay when I am filling my time with other things what am I doing that for and how am I doing that so I know it's been this last like chunk of it is it has been a okay I have to remember why I'm doing this at least for me mm. Yeah, and that's, you know, with the the focus that, that I chose on the social media, I was filling a lot of my time yeah. with, with that. And it has allowed me to really have some margin to really spend with the Lord and not get caught up in that other stuff. So, you know, I, I know there are different things you can fast from. We A lot of times we focus on food and drink and that, and that's part of it. But at the same time, I think we can identify a specific area where we can say, you know what? My affection has been divided. Um, it's not really focused on Jesus. It's focused on something else. And I need to bring my focus back to fixing my eyes yeah. on him. Yeah, for sure. Lauren, any super spiritual advice for us here? No, I won't try to make something up in the spot. It's been a good experience <laughs> for me personally. And I love that our church has been doing it. I really, really, I'm grateful. A little shout out to Brett and Jessica Swiger. Yep. Brett's one of our new elders. And I love that he just came to us uh, late in 2020 and said, "Man, we got to do this. Let's let's do 21 days of fasting and prayer. Begin the year that way." And I just feel like it's one one small way he has helped lead and get our whole church behind that. Yeah, and good to get a get get a video out of him and some perspective from him a couple yeah. days ago. Loved good. him out on the water. That's right. Talking about Peter on the water, it came 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 to life. Yeah. 
Okay, so we are in week two of our series called Dear 2020, and both of you guys have now spoken on this, and you've given, you've given us some perspective looking back at 2020. Um, what is ultimately the goal of this series, with both of you here as the speakers of this series? What, what are we shooting for here in 2020, for, or Dear 2020? I think in part, it's, it's a healthy look back. Uh, I think as I tried to dig a little bit into on Sunday, it's, hey, let's not just fast forward and pretend things aren't really hard. Let's talk about what it means to, to wade through difficulty. Uh, what does it mean to follow Jesus as we suffer? Uh, and then it gives us a great excuse, as I think we need to, to be deliberate about from time to time. Let's look forward. Yeah. So kind of that more conventional New Year excitement about the future. Uh, the next couple of weeks, we're going we're gonna to look forward and, and get excited about what, what's coming. So it's, it's just a way for us to be intentional, both looking back and looking forward. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's it's pretty been a really cool deal to see how the Lord set up the first couple of weeks because, Lauren, correct me if I'm wrong, you were supposed to kick off the series, hmm. and then I was going to come in and answer a, a broad question that has a lot of different aspects to it with why, but with the way sickness and schedules and that type of thing, we flip-flop that, and I really think it's been good that we kicked off with presenting, hey, we, we want you to understand we're wrestling with this ourselves. Yeah, We want to know why. We want to process some things, and I really think that me being able to go first instead of second kind of teed it up for you to come in and talk about what you did yesterday that's really kind of helped the conversation get going. I, li- I like how we ended up doing it. Agree, agree. I, I, really, I, really, I really do think the Lord put together the first couple weeks in, in a good way. Yeah, he didn't like our plans. <laughs> <laughs> so, he, so he changed them. Yes. Well, I loved kicking it off yesterday, um, Lauren, as you, you started off with some of, our, uh, some of your favorite memes. Looking forward at, uh, at 2020, we're really excited uh, that, that 2020 is coming to an end and we're launching into 2021 and Meme City has, it's like everything has, there, there are so many. I think I wasted about 45 minutes of my writing time the last couple of weeks looking through funny memes and just giggling to myself. Honestly, I'm impressed that it's only 45 minutes that you think like I, that would have been, that would have been hours Hopefully our listeners out. are with me that we've we've wasted a lot of time laughing at <laughs> funny 2020 memes. But is that wasting though? Like, I, I feel not. like that's part of the grieving process, right? <laughs> Actually, that's fair. That's fair. All right. So tell me about um, tell me about the Tigger and Eeyore. Tigger versus Eeyore. You broke that down for us yesterday as far as our our perspectives. I don't I don't know there's much to break down. Uh, Tigger and Eeyore are not very complex characters. <laughs> I do love that when I was uh, singing my little Tigger song, if that's what you want to call it, singing, rapping, whatever it was, that's right. that the people actually joined in with me there on campus. And I got a couple different messages from people that from their couches with their kids were out loud doing it. I love that. That's I love funny. those little moments. Oh, you could hear it on the video. I mean, it, it, you could hear people yeah. participating. It's pretty right. cool. There's I, people you know, in the crowd. You know, I was, I was impressed with, I mean, I almost wanted to ask you for an autograph with your <laughs> Eeyore voice. I mean, can you, seriously, can you give us, no, since I, can't. I have, now you, you don't know this about me, but my wife and I took our honeymoon to Disney World. Okay. So 
we had a blast on our honeymoon. And one of the things that she bought me while we were there was an Eeyore Christmas stocking. So that's just I'm, cool. I'm a big fan of Eeyore. Can you can you give us no, a I'm little not, bit? No, look, Come my on. voice is so high that I can't <laughs> no, it's do not. it. No, it's not. We can, you know, we have to put on our headphones when you're meeting with somebody in your office. Stop so it. <laughs> okay. There it is. <laughs> Are you going to sing Tigger for us? No, I'm not. No, now let's move on past okay. the uh, complexity of the Winnie the Pooh characters. Yeah. Well, I love it's that a you... a fun way to start our talk. That's true. That's yeah. true. Well, I, I like that you went from... Um, from that that perspective to you know how how we we tend to think about the end times and how when the the world seems to be crashing around that that seems to be at least at least uh, for a lot of people that seems to be where we jump to as you know oh well I, Jesus is coming back soon man this is this is another one of those those check in the box like we're getting closer and closer right. to it I think it speaks to there's always going to be that that curiosity on our part sure because as we see signs i mean that's what the scripture tells us there are signs of when it's coming and all at the same time i just i'm just so weary in my brief lifetime i'm only you know 51 in my experience i'm just weary of just season after season after season of some group saying here it is and my understanding from scripture is we just can't know we we're going to be surprised is what the scripture says when it happens and there's so many other things we should be focusing on than trying to predict or trying to reason as to why this is happening. I think it comes back to how should we respond? Mm -hmm. uh, we can't control um, what only God can control. We can't control so many other things going on in life. What can I do? How can I respond to the circumstances around me? What can we as a church, as the church, do in response? And so um, that's where we tried to go yesterday in our teaching um, and dive into lament and dive into action. Yeah, I'll tell you what, I, I was really encouraged from several of the things you said, but I, I love the reference that you had from Thessalonians where, I mean, when you read First and Second Thessalonians, you're looking at some overall themes of ethics and eschatology, eschatology looking at, you know, the end times and things of that nature. And, you know, people were hey, the return of Christ is right around the corner, so we're going to be lazy, we're going to mooch off other people, uh, and we're going to look toward the return of Christ when Paul says, uh-uh. No, basically, you need to watch, work, and wait. And you don't need to just sit around because, you know, the return of Christ is just around the corner. We just don't know how far it is to the corner. And so it, it really brought some things to light for me that I think we have, we've got some opportunities as the church. And, you know, I, I'd love here in a minute if we dive into N.T. Wright's book. I mean, there was just some things that really stood out to me that, that stressed that. I thought that was a, a very powerful reference that you made. Mm. You know, one of the questions that I got from someone yesterday that, that even maybe before we get into a little bit of the content uh, was uh, a friend shared with me that he had talked about this particular book, God in the Pandemic, written by N.T. Wright, which is someone I quoted multiple times in our, right. our teaching yesterday. And his friend immediately wrote him off. His friend immediately put up a big stop sign and said, I don't want to listen to anything that person has to say because the, he's Catholic. Um, hmm. 
And first of all, I had to correct him and go, well, no, N.T. Wright's not Catholic, actually. He's Anglican, which is different. It's almost like the, uh, the English version of Episcopalian. He's Protestant. Uh, he loves Jesus. He's really smart. Uh, do we agree with everything he says? No, of course not. There's, there's different things that different theologians uh, interpret from Scripture. But it raises the question, uh, before we even get into the content, is how do we learn from people who think differently than we do? How do we learn from people we even disagree with on maybe some other particular issues uh, when it comes to theology, when it comes to Christianity? How do we learn from a Tim Keller, a John Piper, who are, you know, somebody who's really reformed, somebody who's Calvinistic, somebody, how do we learn from somebody that we, we disagree on several issues, but we agree on that one? N.T. Wright is a perfect example of someone who just thinks differently than me. He's from Great Britain, from England. So he's going to think differently than me. He's Anglican in his high church background. He's a bishop in the Anglican church. So his language is going to be different than mine. Uh, he is brilliant. Sometimes I have to reread things he says or even read what other people have to say in review of some things he said for me to understand it. But, you know, I... I have quoted, in my two and a half years here, I was thinking about, I've quoted people like Henry Nouwen, right. who is a longtime Catholic and, and theologian from Harvard and Notre Dame and Yale. Uh, I have quoted people like Brennan Manning, who used to be a Catholic priest uh, in the early part of his life, but left the Catholic Church, uh, spoke largely on Protestant you know, uh, speaking circuits in different churches. That's where I met him. Um, I have quoted A.W. Tozer quite a bit, who is from the Christian Missionary Alliance background. I've quoted Tim Keller, who's very reformed. Uh, now I'm quoting N.T. Wright. That's not because I don't know where I stand on certain things. It's because I am committed to learning from different people on different things, uh, which is really hard. I, th I think for some of us, we just like to find that camp we're in, and, and I'm going to stick to that little box. Yeah. And anybody who's outside of that camp, I'm just going to blow off. I'm going to not listen to. One, because that's threatening, or two, because I don't know what to do with it. Uh, I just think all truth is God's truth. I think there's some non-Christians, there's some atheists that I can learn things from, because they just don't realize the truth they're spouting is from their maker. <laughs> they just don't know any better. So do you have any thoughts on that, Jordan? Because I know as a, as a teacher, as a pastor in the local church, uh, we're from the same camp, so to speak. We both grew up Southern Baptist in our family backgrounds. Uh, we both were influenced in our graduate schools to that regard. But we've also read a lot of different authors and, and have different influences over the years. So to specifically with me teaching yesterday and quoting N.T. Wright on a couple pivotal points, as well as this book that we've read recently, a lot of us have read, God in the Pandemic. Any thoughts there? Yeah, I, I think the first thing we do is we don't tune them out. Mm. Like the person that said, hey, I'm not listening to him because of, I mean, we've got to get to a place of saying, hey, I'm going to spend a lot of time looking at the truth so I know what counterfeit teaching looks like. Ooh, that's a good point. But at the same time, I'm going to listen to other people who think differently than I do, run it through the filter of Scripture, and then really take to heart what they have to say because they, they may make some good points, even though they come from a different faith background or faith tradition. 
than I do. I mean, it's a lot of the people that you quoted, I mean, I quoted the first week. Right. You and I have talked about, you know, our love for Henry Nowen and A.W. A. Tozier and these different people. I mean, I quoted St. John of the Cross, but I also quoted Rick Warren. And then I, you know, encouraged people to read a book by Dr. James Merritt. I mean, I don't know how much broader you can get right, right. in expanding your uh, your influence there. Man, some things that really stuck out to me from N.T. Wright, and we talked a little bit about this a week or so ago when we were processing, kind of praying through where we were headed with some of this. But he says Jesus' command is enough. He is the last messenger we need. We are his ambassadors of that message. And he said that, you know, the problem of sin and the problem of evil cannot be solved except at the foot of the cross. Uh, that just really resonated with me. And in all this, what we're talking about in the pandemic and the struggles that we have, you know, a lot of people want to say, well, is this a call to repent? Is this a wake-up call? Well, hmm. maybe. I believe, personally, this is more of a call to action, that the church should wake up and be active to advance God's kingdom, not just looking for stepping into eternity. We have a job. We're supposed to watch, work, and wait, as I said earlier, and hopefully by our actions, by our love, by the way we minister and witness, it will bring about a call to repentance that will lead people to putting their faith and trust in Jesus and just going, hey, you know, I, I watched your church. I watched you Christians. Why are you different? Why are you doing the things that you do? And that leads to conversations and discussions and hopefully an opportunity for people to respond to the gospel. But we as Christians, we, we don't need a wake-up call. We have a wake-up call. His name is Jesus. Uh, we have an event. It's when he was crucified. And that's what we need to focus on and lean on versus some pandemic, natural disaster, what have you. Uh, we just need to learn how to be like Jesus in the midst of all that. Mm, that's a good word. I think, I think one of the things that N.T. Wright does, both in the context of the pandemic, but also just larger in his writings, uh, is that he just he's made things so much bigger for me. Mm. Uh, I grew up in a faith tradition where it was very much about me and Jesus, me and Jesus. Have you accepted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior? Right. Uh, which is truth. It's the truth of the gospel. That's all one word in the traditional Southern Baptist Church. Yes, yes. Would you like to come down front and accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior? It's all one word. It's all one word. Personal Lord and Savior. But in all seriousness, as much as that matters, it's, it's, it's a little bit reflective of our individualism as right. Americans. Uh, we're, we're so, we're so focused on what, what's going on in my own life and what I can do, uh, that we even, it, it just seeps into our, our religion, into our understanding of Christianity and people like Wright and others have, have broadened it for me. It still very much comes down to a choice I have to make personally. Am I going to trust Jesus or not? Am I going to surrender my life to him or not? Am I going to follow his teachings or not? But as I was reading um, probably my favorite N.T. Wright book, because it's a little more on my level, he tried to make it more accessible to, to the masses, <laughs> Simply Good News. 
Uh, he emphasized, this is how one author puts it, he emphasized these three aspects of the gospel. Something happened, something will happen, and something is happening now among those who believe, which is so much bigger than me. It's not just me and Jesus, me and Jesus. It's, it's, it's back to the event of the cross, the event of the resurrection. It's looking forward to the kingdom coming. That's so much bigger than Lauren, you know? And then something is happening now amongst his people, which is so much bigger than colonial. It's so much bigger than, than the Baptist. It's so much bigger than that group. It's, and so while I, there's a few things about N.T. Wright's theology that I might question or, or disagree with, I love that he has poked and prodded me to broaden my understanding of the kingdom coming. I really, really am appreciative of that. Yeah, and as as we've talked about this book, God and the Pandemic, that he wrote, um, a lot of that was just what you're talking about, where it's it's calling us to something. It's not what, as you talked about, to dive into your content, uh, your content from this weekend. It's not about like, okay, just just uh, it happened. We're gonna get away. We're gonna get be, we'll get past this. It, it'll all be worked out for good. But there is a call for us to be a part of something right now, and there's a call for us, as you talked about, creation groaning, and for us to be a part of that groaning and not just write it off and not just, you know, water off our backs or whatever. I think that's my mom's phrase. I'm not really sure where that comes from or what it water really means. Water off a duck's back? Maybe. Is that where you're going? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. But it's—sorry, <laughs> just sidetrack there. Um, but but that that it is calling us to do something, and it's calling us to be a part of something right now, rather than just set apart from everything and shielding ourselves from the pain of the world around us. Mm. Yes. Well, I, I maybe that's a good excuse as any to step into this this idea of lament. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think it's another gift from from people like N.T. Wright as Americans. Um, I think this is my speculation i just don't know that i don't know that we know how to lament uh you know there there are stories i can read of other people groups like the jews come to mind Mm. who you know when they have a funeral um at least at least historically traditionally it's for days you know it's there's there's a long period of mourning uh, and forgive me for those of you that know better than me if i'm if i'm misspeaking a little bit but i know for a fact it's this long period of mourning almost like you could argue healthy sadness and, and remembering. And, you know, the last several funerals I've been to, if I didn't say it, somebody else said it, Hey, we're not here to, to mourn. We're here to celebrate the life of so-and-so because we just want so much to distance ourselves from pain. Yep. And so there's something about going back to the Psalms specifically and just realizing, Oh my goodness, a third of these, are all about lament. Well, <laughs> you know, Job's friends get a bad rap, and you know they did say some things that were not helpful. Uh, we'd probably say they were stupid um, things to say in the moment, but at the same time, they did sit with him. Hmm. Uh, they mourned with him. They wept with him. They lamented with him. And we don't know how to do that. And one of the things that that I've found encouraging, and, and this is not even taking it to the level of lamenting with somebody, but just a month or so after the funeral to call them and check on them and to mm. see how they're doing, to pray for them consistently and space that out over six months to a year because that person's still grieving. Still they're yeah. still in that season of lament that we have essentially lost sight of because we go to a funeral, 
we pay our respects, we want to celebrate, and then we don't minister. And to that end, if we're talking about 2020, if we're talking about primarily, I guess, the pandemic, you know, this sense of loss that all of us at some level are feeling, to your point, we're going to we're gonna be feeling this uh, and its after effects for quite a while. So as much as we want to just get through this and mm. move on, which I think is totally understandable, there's going to be some healthy times where we just, we just pause and, and remember what we've lost. And, and but shouldn't it be, I mean, uh, to a certain extent, not to just overly spiritualize this, but this, this could be a spiritual marker in the lives of a lot of people. Yes. And for us to be able to look back, mm. not, not just that we need to put it behind us. We don't want to, I don't know if this is a great analogy or not, but we don't want to drag the trash bag around with us, but we want to be able to look back and go, man, that was a pretty hard season. God did some pretty amazing things. And you know what? When I'm struggling with sensing God's presence in this moment, whether it be 2021 or 2025, I can look back and go, hey, you know what? During that tough year of 2020, it, it, was, it was difficult, but God showed me some things and got my attention in a way that he probably would not have gotten it otherwise. I think you hit it on the head as we talk about, you know, funerals and the way, maybe it's Western culture, maybe it's American culture, but that we try to get away from that pain, you know, and we don't want to dwell on it. We don't want to carry it around with us. We want to set it down and it's over there and I don't want to come back to that. I'm going to move on. And I think we even excuse that pain in funerals as we're, you know, well, he's in a better place now. We want to move on from it. I hope you're, you know, we'll be here for you. But then we don't. I think, um, I think we, we struggle with that a lot in that how do we continue to be a part of your story in the pain when we really just kind of have led ourselves to move on from it? Like mm. we've taught ourselves, what, what was the scripture, uh, Romans eight twenty eight that you used that it's going to work all things out for good. Hey, everything's going to be working out for good. So it's a, you know, it hurts right now, but it'll all be good. It'll be, it'll be good. We just move on from it. And I think as you look at the, as uh, you know, in the pandemic right now, one of the other things that you talked about is, is that it matters what we, what we do and what we represent. And if what we're representing is not feeling the pain and moving on from it and ignoring the things that are going on around it, I think we lose a lot of the potential that we have to reach the people around us because we're, it, it feels like we're de- detached from the reality of what we're going through and what we're living in. Well, that's, I'll just tell you, I can, I can speak to this from a point of not just sympathy, but empathy. That's a recipe for disaster just to push it down, to suck it up, to move on, to deal with it. I, I did that for a long time with some things. And at some point you have to stop and deal with it. You have to stop and process um, you have to seek out some some wise counsel, maybe some pastoral care, sitting down with somebody, having a tough conversation, talking through that, praying with someone, bearing one another one another's burdens. That's the beauty of being a part of the body of Christ is we don't have to do this alone. Uh, we're not lone rangers as Christians. There are other people that we have a common bond because of our relationship with Jesus, I mean, the playing field is level at the foot of, a, of the cross. Mm-hmm. I mean, right, wrong, or indifferent. We may have different understandings of certain doctrines and things, but at the end of the day, man, if we truly believe who Jesus is according to the Scriptures and we put our faith and trust in Him and we've come to Him on His terms, not ours, 
we've got common ground that we can be united and minister and witness together. I think one distinguishing issue too, that just based on a couple conversations I've had since yesterday is just to clarify that lament is not crying necessarily. Some of us are criers. Some of us are not. Some of us cry at every commercial. And I'm a huge of, crier, by the way. Yeah. Jordan's being sarcastic. He, <laughs> he has joked about a lack of, of tear ducts. That hurts. Uh, that hurt I, my feeling. <laughs> that hurt your my, one feeling. My one. But but to all you folks that are all over the map on crying, lament is not crying. I may have even misled us yesterday in, in alluding to tears and crying. Lament is a form of prayer. Uh, I, I really enjoy this. I was I was reading another pastor um, that said lament turns toward God when sorrow tempts you to run from Him. So, so sorrow, sadness, despair, mm, so good, right? That at its worst can, can pull us away from God. That's not healthy sadness. That's not, that's not good. But, but sadness that turns us toward God out of dependence, out of frustration, even is a good thing. That's lament. Uh, and so, um, to quote another, another friend, you know, to cry, that's human. We all cry, but to lament is Christian. Mm. And I love that. That stuck with me a long time. That's ago. That's a good clarification. I'm, yeah. I'm glad you shared that. that. That's. Can you read that that quote there about lament one more time? Yeah, lament turns toward God when sorrow tempts you to run from Him. So it's not about crying versus not crying. It's not even about sadness versus not being sad. It's it's sadness that turns us toward God, which is a really good, beautiful, helpful thing. So to cry is is common experience for every human on the planet, but to lament is Christian. Mm, that's so good that if I were on social media, I'd post that. <laughs> <laughs> if you were. If you Five were. more days. Well, to that end, um, one of the questions we have from uh, one of our listeners is, can you discuss some practical, healthy ways we can lament this week? I love it. They're wanting us to get practical, bro. That's right. It's nuts. Uh, particularly, and this is where it gets a little specific, particularly how can we lament for our nation and its churches as we pray uh, for this in the coming weeks? And so a couple of thoughts I wanted to share just from a practical standpoint. Um, if lament really is turning our attention, our sadness, our frustration toward God, then I think that the two things I would say is to regularly read the Psalms. If you don't have that practice, I think that's about as practical as it gets. Because if you and I are in the Psalms, whether it's just a reading plan that goes through all the Psalms, or take 30 seconds and Google Psalms of Lament, and you're going to come up with a good short list of Psalms that specifically focus on lament. And if you just spend some time in those Psalms regularly, I think it changes our hearts toward understanding how to pray in a very raw, honest way and express our confusion, our exasperation with God, our frustration, uh, but also um, to, to lean into him in a very dependent way, to complain in a way that's, that's honest but not, you know, irreverent, uh, and then just to boldly ask him for help. As we're, as we're reading through the Psalms and learning to pray like the psalmist, to boldly ask for help and choose to trust in God. If you notice, even the Psalms of Lament invariably end with a choice by the writer to say, I trust you. Mm. Uh, I trust that you're sovereign. I'm so frustrated right now. Right. I don't understand what's going on. Where have you been? And yet 
you know what? I recognize that you are the giver of all good things. I recognize that you hold everything in your hand and I trust you. So it's, I think if you can regularly read the Psalms specifically, I think that's a practical thing that we can all do in this season and in other times we're trying to lament. Um, one other thought as, as this question says, how can we lament for our nation? Uh, I think to specifically apply it to the events around the 6th of January and the, the, the violence that we saw and the, the, uh, events around our capital, and then a lot of the rhetoric since then, a lot of the heightened awareness and even anxiety around what's going to happen on the 20th coming up in a few days, the inauguration. Uh, I think that one pastor said this to me in passing last week, and it just stuck with me. I was in a group of pastors on a Zoom call, and I love that he said this because it stuck with me. He said, I think that that some folks are having a hard time separating uh call it Christian nationalism, call it our, our perspective on politics these days as Christians, but this feeling of how do I call out or condemn something that's happening without coming across like I, I don't love my country passionately. Mm. And, and here's my quick word. I think we can lament things that are not of God like violence. That's just an easy, low-hanging fruit, you know, like violence that somebody perpetrates toward another individual. We can distinguish that from a deep love for our country, uh, call it patriotism, call it just a commitment to being a part of a wonderful democracy with a lot of freedoms that we have. Um, and I think, I think, unfortunately, for some of our folks, it's hard to distinguish, well, how do I condemn this, that, and the other? How do I, how do I, um, call out something that I don't think is true and still hold on to my deep love and, and loyalty, so to speak, to my country that I love. And I would just argue that you can do both. I really would. I would argue that we can lament right now division. We can lament violence. We can lament uh, conflation of um, the teachings of Jesus with uh, nationalistic fervor. And all at the same time, we go, man, do we live in the greatest country right now? I mean, that we get to express our views openly. And uh, is our country better than every other country? No. But oh my goodness, I don't know why I got to wake up and grow up here, but I love it. I don't know why I got to grow up and live in Texas, the great republic, but I love it. Uh, and so I think, how do we lament? I think we openly, unapologetically, um, humbly just express our sadness about things that are not of Jesus. And we call them out instead of being quiet. And all at the same time, we express a deep love for so much of our rich history and, and gift of America, if that makes any sense. I know I just went on a little rant, but to this question, how do we lament for what's going on nationally right now? I also think it includes not just lamenting about a virus, like if all we do is lament about a virus and lost jobs and quarantine and, and we don't lament about other hard things going on that everybody else outside the church is talking about, I right. think we're doing it wrong. We need yeah. to lament about all the things that people are really frustrated about and struggling with. And ironically, all of us are talking about anyway. So, wow, I don't think I breathed for about four minutes there, but. No, it's good. And I mean, one of the things you talked about is you talked about um, the, the, the three things you talked about lament and working hard 
and making much of Jesus. And so we've talked about a lot of, you know, how do we lament all of this that's going on, but, but switch it to switch it to working hard. So how do we do the same thing? How do we, okay, so maybe we have been lamenting. Maybe this is not a new concept, but we need to figure out how to go beyond that. Mm. You know, how do we take that working hard, that healing, comforting, serving, all of those things that you talked about? Now, how do we take that and move it and do that where, where you know, as N.T. Wright talked about, in, in the thing that's going on right now? So how do we take that step as well? Well, I'll tell you, the only thing I know to do is to come back over and over and over again to Jesus. Uh, what did he teach? Uh, what did he model? Um, I, I don't know where else to go. And I actually say that almost pridefully. Like, I don't think there is anywhere else we need to go. What else did he model for us in the way he loved people, interacted with people? What else did he teach uh, in how we are to see the world? And so that's where we're going as a church. We're going to be, you know, just in the gospels the next few months uh, I'm really excited about a particular series we're going to do later in the spring. I'm going to go ahead and say it. It's going to be something along the lines of what if Jesus was serious, uh, which is a, a fun way of saying what What if he said this really hard truth, are we going to live it out or not? And what if so we took him seriously? What if we took him seriously? Yeah. You know what? This, this doesn't feel like a leap at all. Today is Martin Luther King Day, mm. um, and I just was reading through... Um, his letters from a Birmingham jail. That's good. Which uh, I've read a few times in my life, but I I, I tell myself I'm going to read it every MLK, mm-hmm. and I I don't do it if I'm honest. But I read it again this morning, and a couple things he modeled for us as a Christian brother in a very difficult times with plenty to lament about. Uh, one of the things he wrote early on in this letter, Martin Luther King said, "I am." C- cognizant of the interrelatedness of all communities and states. I cannot sit idly by in Atlanta and not be concerned about what happens in Birmingham. Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. That's a great picture of him saying, it is right to lament with other people, even if I'm not going through it personally, but I see it on the news. I hear stories secondhand of people suffering Uh, It's why we are so sad to hear about missionaries overseas that are being persecuted in different countries for their faith in Jesus, uh, much less other social issues. So I love that he says that, 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 that just to me affirms this call to lament, but to your point, to call to action later in this letter, uh, Martin Luther King writes, I have tried to stand between these two forces. And he's talking about his fellow African-Americans. I've tried to stand between these two forces saying that we need not follow the do-nothingism of the complacent or the hatred and despair of the black nationalist. He's trying to stand between these two forces, one group of, of his, his black brothers and sisters who just don't feel like they can or should do anything, and this other group of his black brothers and sisters who are angry and becoming on the edge of violent. And he says, this is a quote, he says, there is a more excellent way of love and nonviolent protest. So real quick in contrast to what we saw in the sixth, mm. nonviolent protest. Uh, and there's so much in this letter. If you haven't read, by the way, quick plug, if you haven't read letters from a Birmingham jail, it's like a 20 page double space typed yeah. letter. He literally <laughs> wrote from a, a jail cell on newspapers on. It was fantastic. Yeah. It's so good. It captures the heart of our Christian brother, Martin Luther King. But to his point, 
It's the call back to Jesus. It's mm. the call back to a different way to to love people really, really well. Uh, it there's no violence associated with it. It's not what we see that went down on the sixth. It's not what we hear told might happen from different extremist groups. It's it's purposeful, open lament and action. And so I I'm excited as a Christian, much less as a leader of other Christians. Just to just to immerse myself more and more into the the life and the teachings of Jesus and what it means for us, Jordan. I'm dominating here, bro, and you got you got this cloud of thought. I can see it over your head. You're scrambling over there in the book here. You're looking something up before uh, we, before we before we move on. You go. Yeah, I, I, I don't read very much or make notes, so I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, I love how Wright says this in the book. Are we then looking for fresh reasons to leave our comfortable lifestyles and tell our neighbors the good news? Well, shame on us if it takes a pandemic to get us to that point. Why wasn't Jesus's command enough? As the Father sent me, so I'm sending you. Go and make disciples. As Paul knew in Athens, you don't need extra signs. More is less, as so often. You need Jesus, his kingdom bringing life. And for me, that's that's a question, even before reading the book, that I wrestle with on a regular basis. Why is Jesus not enough? Why is he not enough? Because what he did for us is enough. Mm. And he said from the cross in the Greek to Telestai, it is finished. It's complete. It's done. Now we need to be about the Father's business, and we need to be spreading the gospel, and we need to be engaging people. So what do I do with this? How can I pursue this? How can I lament? How can I, you know, sitting with the Psalms, like you talked about, one of my favorite ones, Psalm 37, 4, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. As we sit with him, and Peter Scazzaro, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Sure, maybe. Yeah, whatever. Um, emotionally Healthy Spirituality, great book. You encourage us, Pastor Lauren, to read that. And just learning how to be, learning how to sit with God, learning how to be in His presence so you're molded and shaped and changed into His image. Like Paul talks about, from glory to glory, and once our heart begins to beat for the things of God and we begin to see as Jesus sees, then we'll do as Jesus does. That's what we need to be doing hmm as the body of Christ, as the church collectively, to come together, stop being so concerned about your church, your stuff, and to say, hey, we are a part of the church. We're an individual expression of that in our specific building gathering, but we're in this thing together, and we need to figure out how to come together to advance the ball down the field, to advance the kingdom for the cause of Christ, and to do what Jesus has called us to do because I believe the first thing that he's going to ask us when we step into his presence is what did you do with the last thing that I told you? I, I, I really believe that. And so it's a challenge for Which me. Which was what, Jordan? What's the last thing he told us? He said to go and make disciples. And that's what we should be about. We should be sharing our faith. We should be investing in people. We should be uh, baptizing folks, teaching them to obey all that he has commanded us. That's what we should be about. Yeah. And if we're not making disciples, are we really the church? And specifically disciples of Jesus. That's what that's what's so mm. clarifying for me. It's yeah. not making a bunch of church people. Right, exactly. It's it's making apprentices, followers, students, little tiny replicas of Jesus. 
Um, so I love, I love your role here, Jordan, as our pastor of spiritual formation, because you have championed and will continue to champion. What does it look like for our people to be changed? Uh, what does it mean to continue to grow in our individual faith and trust and knowledge in Jesus, but also uh, communally together to do that? Uh, I love that if you didn't know this, Brooke, uh, as one of our pastors, his role is to help us engage outside the walls to engage our city, to engage uh, the world, which um, I don't know how you ever finished that job, Brooke, yeah. but, uh, but I love that your heart is for the least of these. It's for people that look different than us, and your heart for our people here at Colonial is to broaden our understanding of what it means to be the church that's fully engaged. Uh, something that just came to mind in light of both y'all is... Um, there's an event late next week that I've been invited to. And I know, I know Brooke, you said you're going to come. I don't know how yeah. many of our other pastors are going to be able to be there, but uh, several different pastors from all over the city are coming together just to pray together. And uh, we don't do that enough. I love that uh, Ronnie Whitfield from One Life's going to be there and Ben Murray from City Hope's going to be there and David Youngblood from Unity Church is going to be there. And uh, there's a n- bunch of other pastors that have been invited that look very different, that might even disagree, you know, theologically on some things, but we all love Jesus. We all believe he's the answer to the question. And I'm, I'm excited. Oh yeah. I, I was going to mention, I met John Riggs this morning, uh, who's pastor from Texoma, uh, cowboy church, radically different than colonial church on the surface. And yet a brother in Christ mm. and, uh, a part of our part of the church across the city. So that's even our heart for this podcast, as we've said several times, is just to connect uh, with different voices who share a heart for the city and for the people uh, that we just, we want to share Jesus and be like Jesus. Yeah. Well, we could continue this conversation. Um, We got to push pause at some point. We know we could continue to talk about so much that's going on. We're never going to finish, right? That's one of the challenges. It's time to it's time to press pause pause and we pick it up again. That's right. We'll pick it up next week. We're not gonna we're not going to uh, to stop the conversation or end the conversation as we talked about earlier. The point is to continue the conversation. So we're going to push pause for now. We'll pick it up again later. Lauren, you were really excited about this last week, and I shut you down. But um, coming up in February. We have a new series that we are going into. So without giving away too much detail, what are you excited about in February? Uh, I think even in the context of, of talking about lamenting, mm-hmm. yeah. just being sad that the world's not the way it's supposed to be, and in the context of the call to live differently uh, as followers of Jesus, uh, we're going to get real. Mm-hmm. And um, we're going to talk about some things you don't normally talk about at church on Sundays, Sunday mornings in February. I don't know how much more I'm supposed yeah, you to can, reveal. You got, you got real excited when I told you you could talk. Well, about we're it, even going to use a, a different medium in a couple ways. That a different medium. Am I? Can I hmm. say that much? A different sure. medium. That's about as far as you can go. Though. Okay, that's it. I'm gonna shut you down. Again. All right. Okay. I'm gonna stop that conversation. But I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to, if nothing else, I think it's going to prompt a lot of wonderful God honoring conversation. Yeah. I think it's, I'm, I'm excited about it too. I think it'll be, it'll be, um, I don't, I'm not sure fun is the right word. That's not the right word. No, it's not, but uh, <laughs> it will, it will definitely be something that's a little bit different and, and, uh, I'm excited about it. So, um, we brought up at the beginning that you have your own radio station. Have you put any more thought into what is Jordan's radio station before we go? I'll put um, you, throw you on the spot there. I'm going to go with comedy central comedy central. No, I really don't. I mm. hadn't put, I know I've been so 
into our conversation that I don't have. <laughs> if 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 Comedy Central and Country Western had a baby, then I think that might be um, Comedy Western. Comedy Western. Can we go with Comedy Western? Can we even throw in maybe a little, uh, you know, classic rock in there? I think that's wishful thinking. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna add classic you're gonna, rock. You're gonna grow out your hair. For I want to throw in something cool, but I don't think I get to do that. Uh, <laughs> nobody has told me anything but easy listening. As much easy as I want listening. to be called something else. Okay. Okay. Jordan, before we go, um, we've got some things coming up. You are a big fan of groups and studies. They are kicking off coming up soon. Tell us about that. Give us a give us a little a little exciting segment here tell us what we're, what yeah what hopefully you've uh you've already downloaded the colonial app but we are in the spring semester promotion for groups and studies groups are ongoing studies start and stop and you have to register for the studies so we promote them together because our groups follow the sermon-based uh, notes that we sent out during the semester timeline but if you're interested in a specific study that targets a specific area, you have to go on the app, register for that. Be sure to read the instructions because there's some additional resources, maybe another step to take. But we'd love to get you plugged in. It's just another way for us to emphasize spiritual formation here at Colonial. Cool. And to be clear, the studies are going to start two weeks from tomorrow on yeah, Wednesday February, nights. February 3rd. Uh, and then I, I think it's worth saying, again, groups... You can find all the information for our groups that are on the app, but you can jump into a group anytime. They are ongoing, smaller groups of people that I, I, we know all of our leaders are, are ready for you to step in and join that pre-existing group. Uh, so, man, take advantage of these opportunities, especially as disconnected as everybody is. Yeah, we have lots of opportunities. Y you know, we may not have the perfect group for you, but we do have opportunities for you, and we're trying to create additional opportunities on an ongoing basis. So if you don't find what you're looking for, please feel free to shoot me a quick email, jwhite at colonialchurch.com. That's jwhite at colonialchurch.com. That's good. <laughs> um, just to be clear, the registration for those studies closes. When does that close? Oh, yeah. That's this Sunday, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it closes. Uh, what we'll do is we'll leave it open through this Sunday, and then we'll close it that next day on Monday. Because so a week we have, from today, Monday yeah, we, the 25th. Yeah, we have, to, we have to have a little turnaround time to sure. get things set up, materials ordered. So if you're looking to jump in a semester study, that's a good call, Brooke. Go ahead and get registered by this Sunday. You know what? Quick personal plug. We, my wife and I are, are leading a group uh, that's starting this week, actually. Uh, there's 10 of us, and we've got room for a few more. So if you're looking for a new group, you've got several options, including our group that's meeting on Wednesday nights. That's cool. Well, I'm not, I'm not looking for a new group. Not looking for a new one. That's fine. <laughs> I'm already leading one. All right, so thank you guys for being here. Thank you for jumping on. If you haven't downloaded our app and somehow you are still listening to the podcast, we would love for you to download the app. That's the best way for you to get some information about what's going on here. Sign up for those studies to see what groups we have available to um, let us know how we can pray for you, to ask us a question. Thank you for those of you that sent in questions for this week. It, I hope it, we get more of that. Yeah, I agree. Podcast at 
thecolonialchurch.com, or you click on the connect button on the app, and there's a there's one of the buttons you can press that says uh, submit a question for the podcast. Yeah, definitely do that. It helps us be able to guide this conversation more towards what you guys are are I'd, concerned about. And I would love about. for people to do that in the middle of a teaching on a Sunday morning, just to yep. pull their phone out and submit a question that something that's confusing, something they want clarification on. Or, of course, any any day during the week. Yep, definitely. So send us a question. We'd love to be able to do that. Thank you for those of us, uh, those of you that have, have told us you're enjoying this or what we can do. So thank you so much for that. Leave us a review on Apple is the ideal place because that gives us, uh, lets, lets people be able to find it um, just a little bit easier. So thank you guys. Thank you for being here. And we will pause this conversation and talk to you next week. You've been listening to the E6 podcast from Colonial Church. For more information about Colonial, please visit colonialchurch.com or download our app from the App Store or the Google Play Store. You can send us your thoughts, your feedback, and questions to our email, podcast at colonialchurch.com. And please leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening, and we'll pick up the conversation again next week.